0: At 18, I became homeless because I was a teenage father. I had to make money, 100%. It wasn't about being a software developer.
1: From Grindstone Media, this is Nebraska Made, a narrative journey through the lives of Nebraska's most inspiring business leaders. We unpack the intimate details of how our guests navigated obstacles and built their companies in pursuit of the good life. I'm JT Martin, and today we are from Joshua Arma serial entrepreneur, venture capitalist, and the catalyst for the Nebraska chapter of the Founder Institute, the world's largest pre-seed startup accelerator. Our guest today, Joshua Armand, represents a new kind of Nebraska made. Joshua's journey as a young mind in artificial intelligence and blockchain technology has taken him all across the country, from New York City to Silicon Valley to Atlanta, He was introduced to the startup ecosystem here in Nebraska and immediately recognized its potential and upside, and he's decided to make it his home. Joshua was remote at the time of this interview, so you'll have to excuse the audio quality just a little bit, but you can bet that he's still very present here and invested in Nebraska.
0: I'm from Atlantic City, New Jersey. As a kid, I was involved in a number of things. I think uh, growing up in New Jersey, I was privy to being close to Philadelphia, New York. So I was always able to go and visit those places. I also part-time lived in New York because of my father. So uh, my mom had me in a lot of STEM education as a kid, and also, even though they're going through a lot of stuff right now, which I never had anything to do with, I was a part of the Boy Scouts.
1: Yeah, so you kind of thought that you wanted to be maybe an engineer at a young age, since you were interested in STEM.
0: No, no, I I, I care. could I, I care less about tech. I was more focused on real estate or uh, entertainment, really. I was really I actually wanted, I wanted to be an entertainer, and I, I started making beats. Then I learned how to make uh, plugins for free Loops and pro tools and we learn how to make, like literally write code to make a plugin and then like actually you know create your own plugins and like tweak audio engineering uh that really helped me um be a little bit more technical in terms of uh you get the right code to write a plugin right so it it I applied myself as a teenager doing that stuff
1: that's awesome so audio engineering and music is really kind of what got you into tech
0: what really helped me kickstart my tech career was uh just actually staying curious, and because of music, you do. As things became more digital, I also was inclined because of MySpace and Facebook. Those things like really helped me to like get very serious about it.
1: Yeah, where'd you go to college then?
0: So I went to a couple colleges. I went to Atlantic Cape Community College uh, at 16, 17. I went there, um, and at 17, I was there for couple years then I left college because I realized it wasn't for me. College for me was more about, well, can this help me get to the money? You know, and when I realized that no, it cannot, I pivoted.
1: So did you end up getting your degree or did you stop early and go and do your, your own thing? No, no,
0: no. I didn't get any degree. I went the, the different route. I went the tradesman route. So with being an engineer, I was able to get lucky and have mentors at 18 to 23 that uh helped me directly uh get contracts start my own uh independent software development company uh to do contracting and then learn on the job and then I was able to like work in big data uh you know what I learned in college was how to build a calculator for a restaurant there you go <laughs> on the job I learned how to move and build data pipelines and create machine learning models it's just a completely 360 uh experience that was like so different
1: yeah After the software development agency, what was your first big break that you're like, wow, like, you know, this is something that's really successful and it's really taken off?
0: I'll give you a a quick bridge. I'll give you a bridge to that moment. So at 18, I became homeless because I was uh, a teenage father. I had to make money, 100%. It wasn't about being a software developer. But then I realized as time went on that my tech skills were valuable because I was able to you know, not just build websites, but I knew how to like build databases. I knew how to work, you uh, use Java and write in Java, right? I was pretty much uh, picking up gigs doing on premise contracting. I launched one startup that was uh, around music and um, entertainment, some of the marketplace before marketplaces were really a thing. And I felt horribly. I didn't have the relationships with music record labels to get the licensing. You need that in order to service the music. But if I did, I would probably never need to work again. So uh my second swing at startups was a company called Adventive. And I already knew e-learning was a big trend. And then I I I essentially uh pre-revenue built a machine learning model in a in a in a content management system, and that was a big success without even launching it. Uh we did a private beta um in stealth and um we demoed it with teachers and parents. We started identifying uh patterns with uh at risk youth. So we had like these uh these these icons where you could like thumbs up something or thumbs down or heart it. And basically through that you would uh indicate what you liked and didn't like. And we would show people auditory content, visual content, and then kinesthetic interactive uh, content where you would like solve a quick quiz or something or do like little challenges in the in the app. And when we did that, we were able to identify the trends in a student that was a kinesthetic learner, auditory learner, and uh, visual learner. And that really helped teachers map their curriculum to certain students that may not have been performing well. I mean, it was a, like a big breakthrough, but um, because it was in Stelphmo, we didn't go uh, very far. And I was actually approached by uh, another firm that wanted me to just buy the IP. So they, they, they did that.
1: That's great. So you kind of have all of these little projects going at the same time and, and, and some of them start hitting at age 21.
0: Yeah, I mean at twenty twenty one, Adventive was my first success that uh, helped me learn that there's a you know, acquisitions is a thing. And then I did my research, I'm like, oh wow, people are selling their companies for hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars. And I kinda felt like I was stupid because I'm like, Oh, I should have held on to that.
1: So Joshua sells his IP, short for intellectual property, and makes his first successful exit from Adventive at age twenty-one. The acquisition price was in six figures, so it wasn't exactly retirement money, but it was enough for him to invest back into himself and a few other ventures and get some momentum. What he didn't know at the time was that he was about to face a tragedy that would drastically change his path.
0: And then not too long after that, I actually got in a car accident where I became blind in my left eye and had a, uh, you know, many micro fractures in my skull, and then I was put out of work for about two years. Um, but because I knew how to code, this is when coding, you know, at the time, I was just contracted. Think of it like, you know, uh, a freelance photographer, right? They may work at a, at a job and they do freelance photography and contract with clients. That's, that was, that's what software engineering was to me. Software development was just, hey, yeah, I got a contract, I have some mentors. I can get a gig whenever I want it. I don't have to really worry about too much. Let me. I am always keep this skill. When I was 21, that was a very trying year for me. So even though I had some successes, I also almost died again. So
1: Joshua suffers from severe retrograde amnesia after a car accident that almost took his life. He spends the next two years traveling back to his hometown just to try to piece together memories of his childhood. In the meantime, he writes a book called Success Over Everything and goes on a book tour inspiring others who have faced similar adversity. He really finds his voice during those years and makes it his goal to make the world a better place. Wow, wow. And so... People are probably inspired by you at this point. You know, you've you've been through really difficult things in your life. You've had success at a really early age and you have all these engineering skills that are super marketable. You have a chance to really impact your community and the, you know, the people around you.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes, pretty much. And that's what I started doing. Um, so basically, um, to get to the point, there's a large part of my history I'm going to skip, but... Basically, um, I was in Atlanta for some time, went to, uh, you know, some very interesting uh, phases there, Lost another startup that didn't, that didn't work out. And um, through my time in Atlanta, I actually re- learned about venture capital. And that's when I was like really adamant about venture capital. So then I moved to Silicon Valley to pursue it. And um, I did some, I still had to, you know, work and do other things. But um, through my time in Silicon Valley, I was able to launch my first impact investment firm, uh, which is Wease Capital. And through that, we identify startup opportunities that we can invest in or match make with our, uh, you know, uh, partners.
1: Okay, amazing. And where did you raise the fund for for Wease?
0: Uh, primarily, we raised our fund, and we're raising our fund still uh, through high net individuals and uh, mainly Silicon Valley. And it's mainly been focused on um, people that care about social impact.
1: So Joshua navigates his way into Silicon Valley venture capital and is doing a great deal to try to help strengthen underprivileged communities. And then, as fate would have it, Joshua came across Roger Kassenbaum, a retired science and computer programming teacher from Hebron, Nebraska, who made his own way out to California and serves as the COO of Exceed ExceedU, which is a startup boot camp that empowers students worldwide to create their own companies.
0: So Roger, I met um, I met Roger through a colleague of mine who's a partner at our firm. And um Roger actually was evangelizing Nebraska to me from a distance. He was sharing that, hey Josh, you know, you have an amazing skill set, you have an amazing story. Nebraska needs more people like you here. They're looking for diverse uh, technical talent that could come in and be a part of this ecosystem and help to build it. So I visited Nebraska in 2019 and visited Roger in person. Cause whenever someone says something like that to me, I fly out, you know, like I take that type of stuff seriously. And then, uh, as I visited Nebraska, I got a whole tour of the whole city of Omaha specifically. I didn't go anywhere else. And, um, yeah, we just kept hitting it off. And he eventually became a venture partner at our firm, um, at our impact investment firm. And through that collaboration, um, when COVID happened, we actually uh I was looking for an alternative to California because to be to be honest, uh the pandemic really stressed a lot of resources, not in just California, but all over the country. And um at the time, Roger's like, hey, come to come to Omaha. I'm like, all right, you know what? I will. So I rented a house for about six months. And um, yeah, that's what happened. And we and I ended up coming to Omaha. And that's how me and Roger have been working on a almost daily basis since then.
1: Yeah, so you're officially in Nebraska now. What's your first impression of Nebraska? The the people, the weather, the food?
0: I will say the first experience I had coming from off the plane, first thing I realized was like, wow, you have a tiny airport. That was <laughs> like the, the first, <laughs> that, was, that was my first reaction. I'm like, this is a very tiny airport. But um, I really like the fact that people are very, very uh, protective of their hometown. Cause I come from a small big city like Atlantic City where it's a very tight knit local community. And we don't allow a lot of outsiders in to be honest in my hometown. But But uh, Nebraska, I felt that same vibe as far as like it's a very hyper local neighborhood kind of thing where, you know, you know, everyone knows a neighbor. Everybody cares about the community. People want to see very family oriented. That's what attracted me the most about Nebraska specifically is that uh, it's very, very like people are locking arms on problems very, very strong technical community. So that, that was the most important part of Nebraska that uh, made me say, you know what, I could see myself being here long term. I just see a great ecosystem that needs some nurturing, but it also has a lot of opportunity right now. I think the biggest challenge Nebraska has is how it communicates with uh, new ideas or new people, bringing new ideas.
1: Today, Joshua is working with founders all across Nebraska and is helping to foster a landing pad for out-of-state talent like himself to bring new ideas and new skills. I'm JT Martin, and this has been a Grindstone production. Grindstone is one of the premier production and marketing firms here in Lincoln, offering everything you need to grow your business in 2020, from video and podcast production to social media management and media buying. You can learn more by visiting grindstoneagency.com. That's what everybody says when they first land here. They're like, what is this place? Is this, even, is this a bus stop or is this an airport?
0: I mean, it's convenient. You don't have to wait in long lines. So, I mean, that, that, that could be a plus, right? <laughs>